Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth. This is Season 5, Episode 8, The Core, with Tyler Stone. Tyler is a producer and an engineer making dance music in Portland, Oregon. I spoke to her after she won an artist grant to purchase a special subwoofer that optimizes low-end frequencies and utilizes DSP, a technology that ensures accurate sound reproduction. She was super excited to add this new tool into her studio and enhance the quality and quantity of her output. I hope you enjoy these highlights from our conversation. Please keep up with her music at tylerstonemusic.com. Tyler Stone, she, her, and I am an electronic dance music producer, primarily focusing on deep house disco and down tempo, the three Ds, I like to say. And I'm specifically what we call an in-the-box producer. So while every now and then I will have a live vocalist, a live horn player, a live guitar player playing my tracks, primarily those are recorded straight into the computer. And then most of the music is created in the computer with soft synths and different effects and in my digital audio workstation. House music specifically came out of Chicago and it thrives in the underground scene in New York as well. And then has spread out from there. A lot of people confuse house music with techno. And if you're a purist, they're nothing alike. (laughs) The house music that I tend to gravitate toward is Deep House, which then is a little bit deep in the sense that it's a little bit lower on the BPM, so a little slower, a little smoother, a little more soulful. And then when I get into the disco house stuff, it's you know it's a lot of vocal stuff, sometimes instrumental, a lot of jazz gets infused into it. And then down tempo, It's not just a BPM thing, but it is a BPM thing. So anything under 115 BPM, you'd kind of lose that four in the floor kick when you get into the down tempo and the kick will have a different pattern to it usually and a little bit more syncopation going on in the, the percussion with lots of, you know, nice keyboards and melodies laid on top. From the time I can remember, I loved disco music and I always wanted to figure out how to do disco. And I realized that a certain point that many of the chords in disco were jazz chords. So I was like, I need to learn how to do jazz. That's what I need is jazz. So I actually ended up going to Cornish College of the Arts and studied jazz. And I love jazz too. So it wasn't like I was studying it specifically to do disco, but I really kind of was. And then I ended up in San Francisco working with house music producers. And that wasn't my first introduction. My first introduction was the first year I went to Winter Music Conference and I heard house music for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I need to be doing. And then I went to San Francisco and worked with a crew there, Third Floor Productions, that was doing a lot of house remixes at the time. And that's really where I cut my teeth and and learned kind of the skills of remixing and house music production. 
if when people hear my stuff, a lot of times what they'll say is, oh, this is the 3 a.m. mix. This is the 4 a.m. mix, meaning it's the one that you're winding down to. Or they will say, oh, this is the summertime mix. Again, gives you that kind of chill vibe, right? So my, my music, regardless of the BPM, has that vibe to it. I mean, there's a lot of us now. When I first started, I certainly was one of the only women. But again, like when you're talking about percentages, (laughs) 2%, I guess I am one of the only women. (laughs) But I I do tend to seek out other women who are doing what I do. So I don't feel like I'm one of the only women at all. I know a lot of women in this space doing this stuff now, and they're all amazing, accomplished musicians. So from that perspective, I feel like sometimes, you know, we, we just went through Women's History Month, and I posted an article that came out in I think 1997 or something like this about women in dance music. And at the time, you know, it was in national magazine and it was like featuring 50 plus women that were doing this. And when you look through that article, most of us are still doing it. I look at that and I think, well, we kind of always have been here. You know, we're just getting things like features of here's the women that do it. (laughs) If you are one of a few people doing something, I think it is important to shine a spotlight on that because it brings it to people's attention. I think that when you are one of the few women and you want to have opportunities, you need to kind of raise your hand a little bit more and you you need to make a little more noise and you need to say, oh, hey, wait, I want that too. And you need to remind the people around you who think that they're not leaving you out, that it's a good idea when they're choosing people to do projects that they go, do I know any women that do this? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about so-and-so. They weren't on my radar because they weren't hanging out with us last week at the club. There's a real tendency to go with what you know. And if you don't put a little bit of a spotlight on the on the females doing it you can just like disappear on the other hand you never want to be called a female producer a female dj a female engineer you're an engineer you're a producer you're a dj it's a really delicate balance between the two to be able to on the one hand put an extra foot forward to say we're here and on the other hand say we're the same you know you've got large organizations like the recording academy and then you have all these women's groups that have come out and trying to encourage more women to participate i don't think women need more encouragement from my perspective but maybe i'm wrong because i feel like the young women that i meet today they're like i don't know what you're talking about if i'm going to be a producer i'm going to be a producer i'm not going to be like oh but i'm a girl i can't whereas <laughs> when we were coming up it didn't even cross my mind that i was going to be a producer i was going to be a singer of course because guys produced and girls sang and that's what i saw but that's not what young women see today and they they have a different much different perspective on it but that said all these studies are proving me otherwise and saying that there's still only 1% 2% women in the field. And I don't know where they're getting their numbers, but are they including bedroom producers and up and comings, or are they just talking about the people working on major label projects? And apparently the last I read, 
with all of these women's groups and all of these, like there was a kind of a pledge that the Recording Academy had people take that they were going to make sure that they considered women in all their projects. It hasn't affected the numbers at all. I do point out in most of my spaces that I am female because my name's Tyler. That used to be a more unisex name and it's become a very masculine name now in our world. And so I'd like mm. to point out that I'm not a guy. But other than that, I mean, I think the female thing is important, but I don't think that it's something that you hang your hat on and say, I'm going to do everything as a female producer. Proud to me is like your accomplishments. So like the charts. So, you know, I've charted top 10 on Billboard Dance. Of course, that was a big deal when it first happened. I recently charted number 14 on Apple Music Dance Chart, which that was a great thing. It's that validation of what you're doing that people, oh, people are listening and they're liking it. Awesome. I'll keep going. But probably, you know, one of my also proudest moments was serving as a trustee for the Recording Academy because that's a position that you are elected into by your music peers. And they're saying, you know, we hold you in high regard and to go to the national level and represent us to help shape what the Recording Academy is now and in the future. So that was a huge career highlight, I would say. And of course, just receiving this grant was a huge career highlight for me. I mean, it's like to be able to be recognized by your home city and your home community that you're deserving of being able to keep moving forward with your art, that what you're doing is of value. That's always a huge, huge plug. I feel like, because I sit on the board for Music Portland and we're an organization whose mission is to unite, defend, and amplify the voices of Portland's independent music community. We have an incredible, incredibly strong music community here in Portland who we have amazing musicians from every level you could imagine, from the beginner all the way up to the national, international musician who is living here quietly and you don't even know it, and everything in between. But we also have an incredible ecosystem of instrument makers and we have amazing sound engineers and tour managers and studios and producers of, of every level living here so that make up our music community and so when I think about music as far as how it affects a city is kind of also how it affects a person as we all know music is in every aspect of our life. It's ubiquitous. It's in our car. It's on the TV show we're watching or the movie we're watching, the soundtrack. It's on the phone when we're on hold for half an hour and the same song keeps playing over and over. It's while we're doing our dishes. It's what we celebrate with. It's what we mourn with. It's what we remember by. Oh, that song, it brings back such memories, right? So it's such a huge part of life. It is also what brings us together in community, like when you are at a concert or when you're at a celebration, it's the music that brings everyone together in a way that you're not questioning who they voted for last month or you know, what their politics are or anything. You're just there together being human. So I feel like a city that understands that about music and understands how it brings community together and the community is the core 
of who we are as a city. It's the community that passes everything that needs to happen within a city, whether it's financial or regarding houseless issues or regarding um, inequities. I mean, it's the community that comes together and makes that happen and votes for our elected leaders to do the final sign off on it, but it's the community that makes it happen. So when you're talking about an art form that's so powerful, the way it brings community together, you can't ignore it as part of who your city is. And especially when we have this amazing music community already here to draw from. It's empowerment that City Hall could really take advantage of. Thanks so much for listening. This episode was sponsored by Oregon Humanities and the Oregon Community Foundation. Written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Ellie Swope. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, we're happy to hear it. Please feel free to reach out at any time at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie.